Keep the smile and stay tuned on the radio dial with Sirius FM 105.7. Can't beat it. You can't beat it on Sirius FM. Uh, the quick fire QA with uh, Mufti Brian Smith. Uh, Mufti Sahab, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. And who can this Ahmed E. Van Ochent, Mufti? Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh. Shafat and all our listeners out there, mashallah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has afforded us another opportunity uh, to be on a radio. So the people can benefit uh, from our Q&A right across the globe. Jazakumullah khairan. Yeah, across the globe, eh? Is, well, is the earth flat or round, Mufti? <laughs> you know, I mean, Wallahi, someone <laughs> from America asked me that question. Uh, and you almost probably get the recording of this. He was asking me that uh, same question uh, because it has been the debate uh, nowadays amongst Muslims, academic scientists, etc. You know, so I always tell them that the earth is flat on surface and spherical in a shape that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created it and it's why called the Sama'i canopy uh, we made the Sama'i protective canopy so there's enough evidence out there but uh, that we leave for the scientists and the scientific inclined brains they can answer the G <laughs> well G you said that and uh, yes uh, you're scientists and the atheists and all theists yeah people wa'atiullah <laughs> wa'atiullah Rasul. Obey Allah and obey his messenger and don't get into linguistic gymnastics. Uh, uh, Mufti Saab, questions flying in for you. This one says, uh, Putin is coming and RSA is exiting uh, the ICC whilst the DA wants to arrest him if he visits uh, Cape Town. It seems as if Cape Town is a separate country to RSA. <laughs> <laughs> Your thoughts? Yes. Yes, Putin is coming, uh, Shafat. I'm actually glad that South Africa is exiting the ICC, the International Criminal Court, because that is what they are. They are all criminals that they set up this court just to protect their own interests. And rightfully, yeah, I support the government in their notion of withdrawing from the ICC because only certain people, mostly Africans, etc., they are taken to task and they are brought to book. But the rest of the world and the rest of the criminals out there, they are allowed to do and I get away with murder and genocide and everything, and uh, nothing happens to them. So Cape Town is still part of the Republic of South Africa, and I think the minister made it quite clear that uh, Cape Town, you don't have a separate legislation. You will have to uh, abide by uh, what the rest of South Africa is uh, standing for. So they're going to welcome him. We don't have a personal beef with uh, Putin except for what he did to our brothers and sisters in Syria uh, when he helped the, the Bashar Assad, uh, you know, fighting against our Muslim brothers and sisters. Other than that, the war in, uh, between them, uh, Russia and uh, you, are crying, which is Ukraine, you know, that uh, that is up to them. They must fight it out. Whatever benefits the country here, America should butt out of our face. And uh, they just want to bully everyone and anyone. So uh, let them continue their bullying. But what I can tell you, Shafat, that if Putin comes and he is not arrested, then you will see major things happening here, like what is happening in Sudan. Uh, the, the rain will fall and there will be instability. And most probably they'll incite the rebels to stand up. This is what America does. If you don't listen to them, they fund uh, people from inside your country to overthrow the government. So they're just a side uh, warning that I'm giving before NG. Assalamu alaikum, uh, Mufti Saab. If the person uh, read Isha Salah and then his uh, friends ask him to make imamat for them, 
Should he repeat the Isha Salah? Jazakallah khair. Hey, this is a double-decker story, Mufti. Yes, now remember that uh, in the Hanafi Madhab, that uh, for him the Salah will be nafil, and for them the Salah will be a fard Salah. So it's the same like a person reading his Isha Salah behind a person reading Salah to Tarawih, so that will not be permissible, you know. So uh, they should appoint some of their own people to read uh, Isha Salah because he has already read his uh, Isha Salah. For him it will be a nafil Salah, for them it will be a fard Salah, G. Mufti, you can see the screen rocking here. You read the second question and answer it. You can see the second it says, one. Uh, it says, is it permissible from a Sharia point of view to starve yourself to death? So, yes, going on a hunger strike, that is permissible. It is a political method that the people have adopted in Palestine and elsewhere. But only to a certain extent, we do not cause any bodily harm, any injury to your physical body, you know. So there you need to draw the line because if you kill yourself in that manner, then that becomes... Is sin as well because that goes against the Quran. Allah clearly says they do not kill yourselves, you know, so that is part of killing yourself. You can stay for extended hours without food and water and drink uh, to draw attention, but then there's other legal ways as well that ask attorneys, etc. If you are being oppressed, ask the Human Rights Commission and those people to intervene on your behalf, but do not let your hunger strike and starve. Uh, starving or starvation uh, goes to that extent uh, that, uh, that you will uh, end up uh, killing yourself. That is not permissible, G. Mufti Saba, why can't Hanafis uh, join Misfast with a Sunnah fast uh, like Shawwal? That's an interesting one, too. Yes, for Shafis, it is permissible to join the intention of a Misfast, uh, meaning a Misfast of Ramadan but that of a nafal fast. In the Hanafi madhab, it is not permissible because one is a fart thing that you have to repay. It's a debt that you you actually owe, which is the most days of Ramadan. And the other one is a sunnah action, the six days of Shawwal. So by the Hanafis, uh, the uh, the fart action, which are the most days of, uh, of uh, Ramadan, that takes uh, preference over the nafal and sunnah. Uh, fasting that you have to do. So what you have to do then is first fast in your mis days, and uh, then you can fast in the mis days of uh, or the days of Shawwal if there's sufficient time for you. Sometimes people skip uh, their mis days of fast. They first fast the six days of Shawwal, and then when the days are short in winter, they will fast in those mis days of Ramadan. G. We had a low load shedding on government holidays than Eid. Your thoughts, Mufti? Not only uh, you see that uh, on Workers' Day, Labor Day, also no load shedding. So it clearly shows you who's in charge of switching on and uh, switching off. There's no such thing as uh, load shedding. It is a controlled energy regulation. They're controlling it how they see Fatshafat. People should understand that. We're not uh, shedding anything here because there is uh, absolutely nothing to shed. There is enough. If we can sell power to neighboring countries, we can export coal to European countries, etc. Then, of course, we can first look after our own people. So people should stop calling it load shedding. There's nothing like that. I dread to see what this winter will bring about amongst the poor people, those who cannot afford inverters, those who cannot afford alternative energy like solar panels, etc. They will be the ones that suffer, but they will be the ones that vote for the same people again, G. Mufti Saab, uh, Imam al-Asi of the U.S. is visiting. Is he a Shia and uh, should we attend his lectures? 
Shifat, to be open and honest and frank about these things, is making Salah with a turba. A turba is a piece of stone what the Shia use for Salah. So that sand from the turba or the piece of stone normally comes uh, from a Karbala because they deem it to be holy. And then his interpretation of the Quran is against that of the Ahlul Sunnah. Uh, you know, and uh, how he's uh, b- b- speaking ill about the Sahaba, uh, radiallahu ta'ala anhum, and uh, all these other statements, his allegiance that he pledged uh, to to the uh, supreme Iranian leader those days. So the uh, signs are all there. It is clear. We do not need any interpretation. A person's action speaks louder than his words. So based on that, it is then not permissible for us to entertain him. I don't know why he's coming here. You know, he's from Washington, D.C. There's nothing or no benefit he can render to our people here. We have our own ulama uh, that are people of haq that can defend and uh, teach us about Islam. We don't need uh, these imports to come here and to mess up our affairs. You know, don't read his book, The Ascendant Quran, uh, because according to me, he's a pakka shia. And uh, do not attend these lectures as well. You will corrupt your akida. So be very and careful of these sweet talkers uh, that goes around in, uh, in uh, you know, trying to uh, to entice the people in order to, to gain and uh, to, or to gain followers so that these people can continue supporting them, G. Assalamu alaikum, uh, Mufti Saba. What is the ruling on hunting for fun or as a sport and also for meat, uh, Mufti? Yes, so for meat and for what you're going to consume, that is permissible. You can go and hunt. There's no hunting for sport purposes. There's no hunting for trophy purposes. That Rasulullah explicitly prohibited us from doing, you know, that a person hunts because he wants to stand on top of the lion's head and take a picture and a selfie or even catching fish that you only catch what you're going to consume or you throw it back into the water or you sell it or you give it to someone that might benefit from their chafat that we are all allowed to do. Other than that, uh, we're not allowed to engage in a trophy hunting, G. Uh, Mufti Saba, what's the ruling on amputated limbs? Amputated limbs, Shafat, uh, that can be, uh, of course, you can uh, uh, wash it, you know, you can shroud it, and then it can be buried in uh, the graveyard, the Muslim graveyard, you can bury it there. So there's not, no Salatul Janaza and not the other uh, Janaza rituals that the person would normally perform with regards to uh, a complete uh, body that is being uh, buried. You only do that uh, what is necessary. Uh, you wash it, you shroud it, and then you wrap it, and then uh, you put it in a graveyard, G. Mufti Sahaba, can a woman under the either go for Hajj? Someone asked this question earlier also, Shabbat, and uh, there's some confusion out there. So, uh, so some of them saying that the Shafi Madhab permits it. The Shafi Madhab does not permit a woman under Idda to go for Hajj. The Hanafi Madhab does not permit a woman under Idda going for Hajj. You know, that is incorrect. Uh, she should complete her Idda uh, first, and uh, Hajj is not wajib upon her whilst she is under the state of uh, Idda. Complete your Idda first, and uh, you can make arrangements with, with Sauk, even if you paid your ticket uh, up front. Uh, they will definitely reimburse you because uh, this is a Sharia ruling that is against you. You cannot violate a Sharia uh, ruling and then thinking that you'll get a reward or your Hajj will be performed. You are leaving the house as a sinner. You will be standing on Arafah as a sinner and you will be returning also as a sinner. So be careful. That is wasted funds. Complete your Iddah and then go for your Hajj, inshallah. Ji. Mufti Saba, our Islamic schools are really Islamic, or are we being fooled like what happened in Klausdorf, Mufti? I think we all know the answer to that, Shafat, the fiasco that happened there in Klausdorf. The ulama was smiling while the hands of uh, Muslim females 
were being held by El Presidente, you know, and uh, for a prolonged period in seconds, he was rubbing hands with our Muslim sisters in full view of uh, the the Amir and all these other people. So this is what happens in so-called, I say so-called in inverted commas, Islamic schools, where they charge exorbitant high school fees, and then this is the type of Islam that they are presenting to our sons and our daughters. So most of these satanic schools, they run and operate like this, you know. It is all a money-making gimmick, except uh, the few genuine Islamic schools that might exist out there, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best who are genuine true Islamic schools. But we saw the clubs going around, so we cannot keep silent about these things, you know. We have to condemn it, even if it's our own kind, that we have to take a, a very, very strong uh, stance against uh, these things so that it does not uh, rear its ugly head again in the in the future. So uh, we have to uh, speak out against it, G. Is uh, Prime Energy drink halal? Halal is one thing, uh, respected listeners, and uh, being healthy, Taiba, that is a completely de- different thing. So some of these things contain uh, huge amounts of sugar. Some of these things contain up to 200 milligram of uh, caffeine as well, whereas a Red Bull would contain like 142.5 gram caffeine. So caffeine, you know, it will cause you palpitations uh, uh, and other things which will keep you awake. So these are not energy drinks, uh, Shafa. These are actually boosters. It will mess up your metabolism. It will increase. It will cause most probably a prolonged drinking will cause type 2 diabetes and a host of other diseases as well. And there's a craze for these things out there. So my view is that people should abstain from this. Uh, being halal in what type of ingredients uh, there is in there, that should be analyzed first, you know, in a lab so we can see what exactly have they thrown in there. But purely from a health perspective, uh, there is nothing healthy, even in the low sugar one, even in the hydration one. Uh, that is all rubbish. You know, the best hydration is what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us, and that is ma'un khalisun, that pure water that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sends down, G. Mufti Sahib, is it the responsibility of the husband to pay for his wife's hajj? Hajj is wajib upon the husband. Hajj is wajib upon the wife as well. So each one of them should pay their own expenses. If the wife wants to go for hajj, then she needs to save up or she needs to use her own money to pay for her own ticket. Yes, it is purely uh, uh, kindness from the husband's side. If the husband decides to facilitate the hajj of the wife, and he feels that he wants to spend, because whoever spends on any haji, remember that you're spending in the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and uh, so spending on your wife, which is uh, your partner, your better half, and your spouse, uh, that is even more rewarding, Shafat, because uh, you are taking her to complete her fard as well. So if you do that, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will reward you, but is it compulsory upon you to do that? No, it is not compulsory upon you, G. If a husband issues a talaq whilst intoxicated, is it valid? Yes, if a husband has been intoxicated, I mean intoxicants here, we mean that intoxicants that are completely haram, the type that you buy in a liquor store or you buy by a drug dealer, cocaine, etc., heroin, and then uh, he gives talaq in that state, then the talaq will be valid. Uh, It will fall, zajran lahu, you know as a punishment for that person because, number one, he violated the laws of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by taking intoxications. And number two, it altered his state of mind. So he will continue to do that. So this is part of the punishment for him that uh, if he utters the words of uh, talaq, then talaq will be binding and valid uh, that woman should go under iddaji. And one perform hajj if he still has outstanding debts, uh, Mufti. 
Yes, you can perform Hajj. Uh, there's a notion that you cannot perform Hajj if you have not paid those people that you owe money. But if you've made arrangements with those people and you know you and and, and people should understand this very carefully, Shafat, that uh, make your arrangements prior to leaving for Hajj, you might just die there and then you leave behind a, a mountain of debt. Or you leave behind people that you owed money for many years. You never rectified the issue. How is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala going to accept your hajj? Standing there on Arafah and you're asking for tawbah and making mafi, but you're still owing a rights to other people. So if you've made an agreement with the people that you're going to pay them upon your return, or you're going to continue paying the monthly installments, etc., and they've given you the blessing, then you can go for hajj. If they haven't given you the blessing and they want their money, then you have to pay them because uh, that takes preference over your hajj. It has to do with hukukunas, with the rights of people. Then rather pay uh, your 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 debts first before embarking on the journey of Hajj. Uh, this uh, yeah, message says, Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh, respected brother Shafa'at Khan. I was given your contact b- details by Honorable Mufti Ibrahim Smith Sahib to pose my questions for your most informative Q&A program on Friday mornings. My question is as follows. Is there a hadith uh, that uh, cure for cancer is camel's milk and uh, urine of a camel, please? Is it permissible for us to drink urine? Jazakallah khairan. Mufti Saab? Yes, uh, Shafat. So let me tell you, that is the hadith of the Uraniyin. I've quoted it during COVID times as well. So uh, camel urine, it has specific uh, cancer-killing properties, specific enzymes, and uh, specific uh, antiviral properties as well. But the Rasulullah told that uh, people to drink, they came to uh, Medina, and then uh, they had bloated stomachs, which resembled some modern type of cancer. And then they were given a drink of camel uh, milk, mixed with camel urine, camel milk because of the high fatty content, and then the camel urine, which also contains hydroxychloroquine, the same thing that they used during the COVID uh, period, uh, Donald Trump, etc. So you will know about all these things. Those days when we had our medical caps on during COVID, we were telling the people all these things. Drinking that uh, the urine of uh, of animals uh, that uh, can be slaughtered and can be consumed, so there's a dispute amongst the ulama, some ulama, have permitted it, whilst other ulama have not permitted it because it is still considered as najasat. If there's no other alternative available and a medical practitioner has given you uh, the green light, a Muslim medical practitioner has given you the green light to use that as a cure, and uh, you know it will expedite your, your cure also, it will help you to heal quicker, and then you can use that because then the law of necessity comes in shafa'at, but uh, that is only when uh, the medical practitioner gives that. So people with cancer, you know, you, it can escalate from stage one to stage four. So cancer is not a disease to be played with. The sooner you get help, the better it is for you. And cancer is also on the increase. It is on the rise because of uh, the stupid vaccine that most of the people took. You can see now even here in and around us people dying of cancer. They didn't have active cancer cells suddenly. Uh, they uh, become cancerous, and uh, then they die within a short period of time. So that is one of the side effects of uh, the vaccine that we've warned you about for so many years, and then uh, now you will have to pay the ultimate price for that. Make tawbah and make istighfar. May Allah grant shifa and kamil and ji. Yeah, Mufti, there's a question there for you. you your, I mean, you are so competent, you know, like you can fly on your <laughs> own now. Astaghfirullah. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you making Astaghfirullah, Mufti? Say Amin. Amin, Amin. Yeah, I mean Astaghfirullah for. I'm giving my blessing in making Astaghfirullah. Amin. Like, like one, one, one brother told me, hey, but you're a buzruk. 
And I didn't say, no. I said, Amin. He got a shock of his life because he could see he didn't mean it. But when I said, Amin, <laughs> hey, God, I, hey, God, that's great. Uh, I mean, read that, Ramufti Saab, and answer the question. You passed uh, the Buzuruk State, uh, Shavad. You know, I mean, I, already. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it says, what kind of permanent contraceptive methods are permissible? So no permanent contraceptive methods are permissible because of uh, you are not allowed uh, to do that because for future reproductive uh, cases that might arise, you want a baby later on. Uh, the semi-permanent methods that are permissible that you can consult with your gynae, Muslim uh, gynecologist, you know, like the loop, etc. And uh, there's the marina and there's other things. There's the contraceptive patch. And uh, there's a host of other things, but your gynae will need to tell you that because they need to do a physical checkup on you first to see what is more uh, conducive to your body. So uh, by removing uh, vasectomies and all of these things, that is not permissible because Allah has created you for procreation. So only uh, the permanent uh, contraceptives will become permissible when you yourself are fearing loss of life and the doctor t- tells you that you cannot uh, conceive anymore and uh, it will either damage your kidneys or you will die during the process. Then also, in that case, they will have to put in a semi uh, uh, mechanism, you know, to prevent you from falling pregnant. We do not encourage and neither do we give a uh, fatwa permissibility for permanent contraceptive measures, G. Yeah, Mufti Saba, did we do the cryptocurrency one? Can we deal in cryptocurrencies another fiat uh, money or another fiat uh, or fiat uh, currency coming through, uh, Mufti Saab? Yes, uh, I think many people, even this week, also been asking me about Bitcoin, Bitcoin mining, etc. And I tell them that our fatwa is reserved because the research is ongoing and the market is volatile. And, uh, you know, once, once upon a time, the Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies were so valuable, and then it lost its, its value. And it's only digital, uh, Shafat, it is only a, b- a bunch of numbers uh, that actually exist, you know. Uh, there's anonymity about it, and there's so many other things. Uh, so we don't know too much about it. The time is exposing it slowly, but people have started to deal in it and they see it as an investment. And uh, if they lose that investment, uh, they will cry at the end of the day. The best investment is gold and silver that is permissible for you to invest in. And uh, not everyone is accepting Bitcoin as well. So it has not become a currency that is acceptable as uh, other fiat currencies across the globe. And they're pushing us towards this digital currency so that tomorrow, that uh, one day you just wake up and all those digits are gone in your banking account. So you have to look at all those factors. Uh, you know, it might seem um, lucrative now, but look at the b- bigger picture. Where will all of this play in? Once your gold and silver is taken away from you and there's only digits that you have to work for, then they can decide when to remove the digits from you and uh, when to add digits to you, depending on your obedience and allegiance uh, to these satanic cults and governments. Gee. You know, Mufti Saab, you think about algorithms invented by Muslims and algorithms are, you know, controlling every movement, your, your flights and your electricity grids and, and name it, your banking systems and so forth. And, you know, it seems as if uh, the shaitani forces have used algorithms to manipulate uh, you know, perhaps uh, mankind, uh, Mufti Sam, what's your thoughts on that? Yes, like chat, GP, and AI, artificial intelligence, all these are based on algorithms, and uh, that is how they monitor all our strokes, our keyboards. That's why the keyboard knows already what is your next move. And, uh, you know, you speak something, your microphone of your your phone, of your, your your cell phone, it will show you you speak about Turkey, and then suddenly ads of Turkey will come up. 
So all these things has been designed to control people, to control masses, to control their minds. Uh, if they don't throw chemicals in the water to control us, and they're using these algorithms, and they're using other face tech, uh, uh, recognition uh, technology, all these things are already in place, uh, Shafat. It's just a period of time. Many of the minor signs of Kiyama has come already. We're only waiting for the major signs of Kiyama to come now. So expect a lot of worse uh, bad things to happen uh, yeah, with humanity uh, in the next uh, couple of years. You know, as much as we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for protection, this is what the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa has prophesied. So uh, brace yourself for worse things to come, people, and uh, never submit to these satanic uh, uh, cults that exist out there, Jim. You know, Mufti Sabi, you know, it's a world of uh, ins and jins uh, and, and jinn, you know, and this is what's happening. So uh, parallel to us, uh, we have the jinn world. Um, can they strike uh, an alliance? I mean, I'm talking about the bad jinn with these bad people that are causing uh, mayhem in this dunya, that's causing misery on mankind, uh, that, are, you know, that uh, taking away religion now. Look at that wokeism and look at the you know, atheism and take, uh, uh, I mean, you, you, you can't, I mean, with a new, uh, uh, you know, the, the bill, what they call it, the hate speech bill. Uh, even a priest, if he's talking in a church or um, a imam, if that, if that bill is passed, if an imam says something that the government, uh, uh, you know, doesn't like, or even quotes a, a biblical or Quranic text that goes against uh, the norm of uh, this one world disorder, they can have you arrested, fined, or put you eight years in prison. Uh, your thoughts on that, uh, Mufti Saab? It is this shaitani world. That has mm, captured, yes. uh, but but I, the, the the question I'm posing to you: Can there be an alliance between the uh, Napak Jinn or the Shaitani Jinn and uh, humankind? Yes, there is the alliance. Uh, the Quran mentions it in Surah Jinn. Wa anna kana rijalim nal insi yaudhuna bi rijalim nal jinni fazadu humra haqa. That there are a group of people from Insan who pledges alliance uh, toward that of the Jinn, you know, the evil Jinn, and it only increases them in to, in Tuhyan in the uh, in uh, in disobedience, in sin, in uh, in uh, being a, a, a brave and bold, in uh, uh, in uh, disobeying the commandments of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. Sometimes I think that this hate speech bill has been designed specifically with me also in mind, because me being very outspoken, speaking against all governments and anyone and anything, uh, and that is what Sharia has commanded us to do to address these relevant issues, you know. And uh, so uh, th- that is all there. It is put in place. And uh, those are the laws that will come into effect uh, very, very soon. And that will be to silence not only the imams and the religious leaders, anyone that uh, uh, are being uh, observed as being a, a part of a civil disobedience, and he belongs to that uh, clique. And uh, then they will, of course, you know, they will underscore him, take away his uh, rights, etc., his money, and uh, they will penalize him for that. So he will be basically in prison uh, whilst not being in a real prison, Shafat. No internet access, no this, no social media. All of these things will be coming uh, very, very soon. So that's why I'm warning the people out there now. These are not conspiracy th- theories. This is the reality, and this is what we have to wake up to, G. And the beauty of the Noble Quran, you know, the uh, three kuls that you read, and the jinn is mentioned, the whispering of the men, and, you know, at, uh, uh, asking Allah protection from jinn, you know, that evil jinn and so forth. I mean, how fortunate we are, Mufti Saab, that we have taken our our Quran for granted, and we don't, you know, if, if, if you, you know, generations change, but the message is always the same. If you hold fast onto the rope of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and you read your Quran properly and you read the three kuls, I mean, you'll be protected, Mufti. 
Yes, just re, uh, you know, you have to restudy the Quran. You have to spend more time with the Quran, uh, read its verses over and apply to what is happening into modern society, what is happening in life today. And then you will see that all these things has been predicted already. And it is uh, there. It is in a place. It is not a book that was merely revealed for a lifestyle 1400 years ago. And it is no relevance today. That is completely wrong. It is applicable. Uh, it was applicable then. It is applicable now. And it will be applicable until the day of uh, Qiyamah. Just go and restudy the Quran and you will see how much benefit you can derive from the G. You know, Mufti Sahib, I'm fortunate to have a whole galaxy of Muftis around me. I mean, to read verses, I had Sheikh Ahmadi that have people like yourself, a Mufti A.K. Hussain, uh, the later Mufti Fayyaz al-Rahim, and, you know, many other Muftis that I sit and uh, we discuss verses of the Noble Quran with. And alhamdulillah, you know, from each one you get a different flavor. And, uh, you know, it adds to the spice of life and the spi- uh, spice of spirituality. It should be, it shouldn't be mundane and dreary. It should be vibrant. It should be living like how the, uh, you know, you take a dead seed and you put it into the ground and suddenly it sprouts and you see that it growing and then it blossoms and the fruits come. Mm-hmm. And this, that's how human beings should be. Should be like a weed, you know, <laughs> that kills other grass <laughs> or other plants. Talk to me, Mufti. Yes, as long as not the weed that, uh, that people smoke, you know, that's a completely <laughs> different story. That we say the only weed we know is touch weed. And that is the weed we will stick to when we apply the Quran, is to read the Quran with touch weed, Shafat. So yes, we have to, that's why I'm saying we have to recommit ourselves. And we just came from the month of the Quran, which is the month of Ramadan. And uh, that should be uh, uh, carried on, you know, uh, and we should continue with it and perpetuate this. Uh, so that we can drive our spirituality to different levels and uh, love, love the Quran. That is what we should do. Show the people that the Quran is alive in our lifestyles, not only verbally, not only from the pulpits, but we actually living examples of the glorious book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Ji. I like what Yusuf says. That get high on Iman. Read your Quran. No, no, no. We're going to make a t-shirt. T-shirt. Get high on Iman. Read your Quran. Mufti Sam. Yeah. I know that, brother. And Mufti has got no weed. Practice your tajweed. That's another T-shirt, Mufti. Double T-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Mufti, I tell you, what a great morning with you. But it's a sad morning also that our Yusuf Asmar is uh, flying out to greener pastures. And in the meantime, the Breakfast Club will be having a uh, uh, a rest, uh, Mufti Saab, and uh, see what develops uh, from that. Perhaps your words uh, to Yusuf and uh, the team, uh, Mufti. MashaAllah, you know that we're always happy when our people, uh, when they exceed and excel in life. And that is Allah's system. Allah takes us from one place to a better place to a better place until we reach the best place of all, and it is Jannah to Firdaus, inshaAllah. So we wish him well for, for, for whatever endeavors that he will embark on in the future, inshaAllah, and for us also and all those people that uh, have benefited from us over the number of years. We'll continue, uh, Shafat, uh, doing what we do best, me and yes. you. And uh, as we do every Friday morning, you know, uh, on our platforms, etc., and uh, we'll create all these things so that the people can continue benefiting. Gee. Yeah, the uh, podcast of uh, the uh, uh, Quickfire Q&A will be available because uh, Mufti and I will be taking, because as you see, you saw that, Mufti, you're giving people my uh, number from around the world, like, giving me 24-7. I become like a junior Mufti, yeah, the questions are coming. I wanted to tell Mufti, why you gave my number to the people they are sending me all this? And as is, you know, but anyway, for you, I, I, I will go that extra mile. So inshallah, we've got a lot to share with the Ummah. And uh, Mufti Saab, you have a, mashallah, beautiful Jummah head. And uh, when you're giving your Jummah Kudbah, this, uh, uh, you know, afternoon, uh, give uh, uh, the Musallis our salams and ask them to make special du'as for this uh, 
wonderful gentleman that we got to know on Sirius FM, who was my right-hand man, Yusuf Asmal Mufti Saab. I mean, uh, Shafat, I will do, inshallah, on Sunday I have to fly out to Johannesburg, and Sunday evening I have to fly back also in one day, so I uh, see our work never uh, cease to exist, that uh, wherever the Ummah needs us, we need to benefit them. So likewise, me and you, we'll continue, inshallah, uh, to benefit the people with the Q&A session. Jazakumullah khairan. Zakalam Mufti Sabah, you have a mashallah beautiful day ahead. I'll talk to you soon. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh. Yeah, wa Mufti Ibrahim Smith there. Yusuf Asmal, once again, uh, come here, let me hug you. Let me embrace you. Let me celebrate you. You go with lots and lots of blessings from me and the listeners of Sirius FM and all those uh, guests that we had. And uh, Mufti Ibrahim Smith also going to make special du'as for you. So will our listeners and alhamdulillah. People, keep it locked on to Sirius FM. And inshallah, until we meet you again, uh, let me tell you what's coming up. Uh, uh, it will be uh, the spiritual hour coming through. The uh, Mufti A.K. Hussein will be giving the uh, translation of the Jumma Qutbah from the Holy Lands. And in, in the meantime, the uh, Quran Tilawa will be playing and also 40 Durus, etc. and so forth. So keep it locked on to Sirius FM from the team and I. Till we really meet you again, we bid you Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.